You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Hey, and welcome back to the Tomahawk Take Podcast. I am your host, Jake Mastriani, and with me is Alan. Hello there. And Fred. Happy postseason, everyone. Yeah, and it is postseason time, and Braves and Brewers getting underway on Friday in the NLDS, other series starting as well. So we are finally here, and I am finally here. Been off the last couple of weeks as we are in uh, moving houses, so a bit of a transition there. So glad to be back on the podcast and uh, talking about postseason baseball for the Braves, which uh, if you go back to some of our podcasts midseason, uh, did not seem like something that was going to happen. But here we are, and I guess I'll kind of start there, Alan, because you know this Braves team for a lot of the season looked, you know, really bad. Did not like a postseason team. Uh, a lot happened at the trade deadline to turn that around. I, I'll admit I was on the other side of that. I thought the Braves should have. Uh, sold off because I just I hated watching this team. They're so frustrating, blowing all these late leads. Um, I'm glad nobody listened to me, and I'm glad Alex went out and made the moves that he did. And really, what he I mean, if you were going to buy, that was the way to do it. You know, he uh, bought some players who have experience and didn't give up much for them. So really smart uh, to do it that way. If you weren't going to sell and you were going to try and buy and make a push, I mean, he didn't really have to give up much of anything, but. Uh, I mean, Alan, just real credit to this team with where they've come through this season to get back to the postseason, win a four straight NL East title. I know winning the NL East this year might not mean as much, but still somebody had to, and the Braves were able to get it done. Well, I think it still does mean something in in terms of uh, the division, but, you know, I, I'll go back there, and I was probably in the same boat as you were in that I – wasn't sure where we were going to end up because a couple more losses at a key week or so before the trade deadline, and that could have pushed him to the sell point. It, it was probably that close. But at the same time, I do like Alex's overall philosophy in that if you're close, you should go for it because you can't take these kind of things for granted that uh, you get to the postseason. And indeed, we have uh, seen now the Braves do it for fourth year in a row, which is very 
rare, as I found out in my research, that uh, Brian Snickers, among about six or seven coaches overall in the history of the game, who's now done it with a single team four years in a row. But the fact that Alex did what he did in the way he did it means that he's already essentially done his prep work or a lot of it for next season. And we're going to see that in the offseason. I don't want to belabor that point right now because we're going to talk more playoffs. But uh, I think those moves uh, have, have merit to keeping a uh, a solid roster to, to be the basis and foundation of what we're going to do next year. Yeah, and getting to the postseason, we've talked about it. It does mean a lot, and I mean, let's be honest, it means a lot in terms of revenue, too. Getting those home games and getting that gate is a big deal. Getting that TV exposure, uh, that's huge as well. And, you know, we've talked about the fact that, you know, just getting to the playoffs, that'll be great. But now we're here, and we're getting that October optimism, Fred, and, uh, you know, I'm starting to try and believe this Braves team can actually make a run. Well, the Braves, if the lineup hits... This team's going to scare people to death. Uh, I I heard a couple of guys uh, on various talk shows talking uh, from the big leagues, managers, coaches talking, and said that the Braves lineup when they hit scare people to death, and that's that's right. They're going to if they got players one to eight, going to hit home runs, going to drive the ball, and if that happens, then we can certainly get to it. We can certainly get through it. it, it the problem every team has with the exception maybe of Los Angeles, which I thought really, I wasn't really con- convinced, but apparently everybody else's bullpen has got really the same kind of problems we have. Um, and with the Brewers losing Devin Williams, I think that's in our favor. I know they've got uh, Strickland and a couple other guys that Suter can step in there. And But I think Williams was important because he was dependable. And there's the issue that... Uh, that clubs have. You throw a guy out there and he's not dependable. But if we get Charlie and Max and Ian pitching like they can, then this team can win. There's You're in it, and now you can win it because look around and see who you're playing. Uh, nobody nobody really bothers me now uh, until you come up against uh, some, of, some of the bigger names out there. And, and really, ah, Kershaw's hurt, and uh, the Giants pitchers don't scare me. Uh I just think I just think this team's in it and can actually get in it and do it. I I sort of picked them and the Astros to be in the series, and, and I'm going to stick to that horse. I think we can do that. So look at Fred even buying into some October optimism there. I like that positivity that Fred's bringing today. <laughs> but uh, no, I mean you're you're absolutely right. I mean if this team plays like it's capable, and that's really what we've been saying all year long. If they just play to their capabilities. They can go toe-to-toe with anybody in baseball, and we've seen that at times in the second half. You know, this team is hitting home runs. Uh, Charlie Morton and Max Freed have been outstanding in the starting rotation. Um, you know, just get a little bit more help in the bullpen there. Or, yeah, you look at the, the bullpen and you look at the numbers, and it's good, but we all know how scary it can be in the back end of games there. But, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not really – Afraid of anybody in the postseason, maybe other than the the Astros and the Dodgers. I think those are the two best teams going in each uh, league right now, and that'd probably be my my World Series prediction, which we'll get into some predictions later. But let's let's do talk about these other playoff series, and then we'll talk about the Braves' keys to winning uh, against the Brewers. Uh, in the American League, you have the Astros and the White Sox, but they they've already played Game One with the Astros taking that. And by the time this podcast gets posted, we may be through Friday's games as well. So keep that in mind. 
you have the Rays and the Red Sox who are playing right now as we record. That is my least uh, entertaining series. I, <laughs> I, if the Rays don't sweep that, I would be shocked. Let's just say that they're up three nothing now as we're recording. And the National League, I think both of these series are going to be fantastic. I'll be keyed in on all of these games, every inning of these games that I can be when uh, my kids aren't pulling at my, my legs trying to go play with them or anything. But uh, I think both of these matchups are going to be outstanding. I mean, you have the Dodgers and the Giants. That speaks for itself. Those two have been battling it out all year in the NL West. Everybody keeps waiting for the Giants to fade. They don't. They hold off the Dodgers, and they win that division, avoiding that wild card game, which the Dodgers almost lost to the Cardinals, but were able to pull out a walk-off win there in the bottom of the ninth. I think that's going to be a fantastic series. I think the Brewers and Braves match up very well and are about as even as two teams can be. So I think that's going to be uh, a really fun series to watch. But, Alan, I mean, your just overall thoughts on these division series matchups. Yeah, I'm already on the record. I, I think the Rays are going to come out of the American League. I I think they're going to do it against the Astros, but I, at the same time, I am uh, with Fred. I am not um, dismissing the Astros by any stretch of imagination. I think they could take that series to the limit, and it's going to be very close overall because you've got two teams that are put together very well, they're well coached, and they play their styles of baseball very well. Uh, the Red Sox, I I, uh, I said on, on radio the other day that uh, the Red Sox and Yankees wild card matches, good theater, but ultimately all it did was provide the uh, opponent for the Rays to thrash this weekend. So I, I think that the, the Rays would probably do that in three or four games, the Astros, I think, will do the same for the White Sox because while the White Sox have had a good year, they haven't uh, had the competition that uh, all the rest of these guys have had, and they haven't um, played very well. They've pretty much uh, been on cruise control since uh, since the spring, really, and I, I don't think they're uh, playoff ready. Uh, they've got a lot of talent, no doubt, but I just don't think it's their year, and I think they're going to figure out what it takes to play successful playoff baseball when they see what the Astros are going to do to them. But uh, when it comes down to it, I think, uh, again, American League is going to be close between the Rays and Houston. I like the Rays. I wouldn't be surprised if the Astros come out. Now, the National League, yeah, I think you've got four teams right now that are very well matched, period, across the board. I, I do think that the, the Braves can certainly hold their own against any of them. Uh, are they going to prevail? It could come down to things like experience, making the right play at the right time, having a significantly uh, uh, better uh, starting staff one way or another could do it. I, I think uh, the the Milwaukee team's going to have some trouble scoring against Freed and Morton in particular. I think that the, the Braves are going to have trouble hitting the ball against the, the Brewers' bullpen. So even if they are successful against their starters like they had been in, in at times early in or during the middle of this season when they had their head-to-head matchups, it, that doesn't mean that they're going to be able to pull away or anything. So I, I think that you're going to see a lot of low-scoring games. could come down to just one at-bat, one bad pitch. Hopefully we get uh, – a uh, couple of things squared up and, and we'll probably 
win a couple by a homer and lose a couple by a homer and then see what happens. But uh, I, I think it's going to go four or five games either way, and I'm really not sure which direction. I'd, I'd like to say the Braves. I'm not terribly confident of that, but uh, I think it's going to be an outstanding series either way. Dodgers and Giants, boy, <laughs> I, I don't know how to root against the Dodgers except to say that everybody's been rooting against the Giants, including me, all year. So what in the world are you going to uh, do now? Because <laughs> I, I still like to think that their uh, team is fading overall, but, I mean, 107 wins, good grief. Um, they've got to be doing something right there, and, and certainly it's a team that's, as they say, uh, better than the sum of its parts. So if, if they uh, continue to do that, then – they know they can beat the Dodgers. They have been beating the Dodgers this season, uh, and that's why they, they won the division. So I, I guess I, I think this one's going to go down to the wire as well, and then, then we'll see what happens after that point. But uh, I was actually rooting for the Cardinals to maybe take out the Dodgers and, and it solve a lot of problems. But <laughs> I think a lot of people were. In any in any case, uh, the the National League is going to be pretty much a toss up. You could probably play this uh, these series ten or twelve times and get each one of the teams three or four uh, outcomes. So I, I'm really not sure how we're going to go. All right, well, I'm going to force you to give you a predict give a prediction now on Giants and Dodgers. We'll do Braves and Brewers later, but who do you have in that Giants Dodgers series? All right, Giants. Okay. Uh, so, uh, Fred, I'll turn it over to you outside of the Braves and Brewers series that we'll pick later. Your thoughts on some of these other playoff series and who you see winning in the division series? Well, you know, what's really strange about this is if if you look at the teams, 106 wins, 107 wins, uh, the Dodgers have this huge payroll, but uh, the, the guy they're depending on most is Max Muncy, and he's out. And oddly, the best hitter on the on the uh, best power hitter on the Giants was their first baseman, Brian Brandon Belt, and he's out. And all of a sudden, it's just like, okay, so you lost this guy. Well, this guy's just like you. We'll take him away too. And I think, you know, I think it's awfully hard to go to San Francisco and win. I I think that that ballpark, when that ballpark's rocking with those fans. I remember being there or seeing him, seeing Blaze play there at the end of the year. I remember the, the Giants runs under Bochi. And when that ballpark is, is chock a block with orange and, and black, it's, it's intimidating. And I, it's going to be a lovely freezing, uh, October nights in San Francisco. And I think that gives them the edge at home. And I think they take it, uh, if not in five. I don't, I think that they win the, get, win the series. And I think it happens at home. But I think the Giants win that series. I've already said I think the Astros destroy the White Sox. I don't think they get out of the weekend. I think the Rays beat the Red Sox simply because yeah, the Red Sox pitching is not that good. And again, I think the I think the Braves and Brewers are going to go five, and and the, the team that stands up after the bells ringing wins. And then I hope that's the Braves. I think that's the Braves. All right, so 
let's let's move to that series and let's give some keys uh, for the Braves Brewers series and what the Braves need to do to win. Uh, you want to hear my thoughts on it or read my thoughts on it rather? Uh, I gave you three keys uh, for the Braves winning the series on TomahawkTake.com the other day. So I'll start and go through those briefly. Uh, for me, I think the biggest thing is the home runs, and that's you know pretty obviously. Obviously, whoever hits home runs is going to win. But uh, you know we've talked about it all year. That is the Braves' offense. That's how they score runs. They're not going to manufacture runs. They're not going to move guys over one through eight. They're going up there looking to do damage, and a lot of them have. I mean, you got Danby Swanson hitting eight with 27 home runs on the year. I mean, Solaire at the top, uh, Riley, Freeman, uh, Duvall, Rosario, all these guys or looking to go deep. Uh, the Brewers pitchers do a good job, particularly Burns and Woodruff, of limiting home runs. Hater as well. I think he's only given up three home runs in nearly 60 innings pitched this year. So their best pitchers, as you would imagine, are really good at limiting the home runs. So can the Braves hitters overcome that in the postseason? Uh, can they not strike out 15 times a game as well? Uh, I think that's going to be key. But getting those home runs and getting – multi-run home runs as well, taking advantage of when they do get a walk and then following that up you know, with a long ball. Uh, that's the Braves' success of scoring. It is what it is. To me, it's frustrating to watch. I don't really love that type of offense, um, but uh, that's what this team is built to do, and that's what they're going to have to do to win. Uh, the other key for me is going to be those middle innings. What happens in min- innings six through eight, uh, particularly on the Braves' side, because I think Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, if he does start game three, there's some questions about that. I, I think he still will start game three. But even if it's Lauer, who's been, been really great in the second half, uh, I think the starters on both sides are going to keep their respective teams in the game for the first five or six innings. And I think it's going to come down to what happens in those middle innings. Losing Devin Williams is a big loss for the Brewers. It really makes them vulnerable uh, in innings six through eight. So to me, that is those are my two big keys. I do have another one on there, but it's basically just avoid the Braves bullpen at all costs, which I think most Braves fans understand and agree with at this point. But really, it's the Braves getting those home runs and who wins those middle innings against each other's bullpen, those innings six through eight, who's able to take advantage there and pull away. So those are my keys, Alan. I'll uh, shoot it over to you. What are some of your keys for the Braves in this series to win? Well, when you talk about home runs, you're coming up against Woodruff, Burns, Peralta. Those guys all give up home runs at a rate less than one per game on average. The trick will be that uh, they've seldom faced a lineup that has threats at all eight position player positions in that lineup. And if they make any mistakes, they're going to get hit hard and that's very difficult to do for six or seven innings, especially when you get second and third time through the lineup. So I will be watching closely to see when Craig Council wants to change his starting pitchers and go to that bullpen. If he goes early, then he's going to put more innings and more pressure on that bullpen. If he goes later, then there's more susceptibility to mistakes and these guys figuring out those uh, those pitches to be able to drive one. Uh, the one who gives up the least homers by far is Corbin Burns is about, uh, two to three times better than, better, better than his rotation mates. So he's, he's going to be the tough one to hit for sure. But, uh, Woodruff and Peralta, I think, uh, the Braves, uh, might have a shot against. The trick will be this though. When the Braves drive balls to the outfield, 
Are they going to be over the fence? Are they going to be off the wall? Are they going to be at somebody? This is the best outfield defense probably in the majors. They don't make um, very many errors, period. And I think they're like first or somewhere between first and third overall in defensive prowess in, in the outfield. So while the Braves fans have been used to seeing balls driven to the wall and driven into gaps uh, and falling for doubles and triples and, and such, I think a lot of these things are going to be chased down and caught if uh, they're not driven fairly sharply. Uh, so that requires barreling these things up significantly, and that's going to be tough to do against these guys. So if they don't hit them out of the park, I think it's going to be uh, very difficult to, to get anything going with the extra base hits that we're used to seeing. So, yeah, I think the homer is going to be the key because you're not going to get much else out of these guys. Now, if you want to hit balls at shortstop or third base or first base, then you've got some vulnerability defensive-wise on, on Milwaukee's infielders because those guys do tend to make some errors. Not at a great rate, but overall the team has made 20, uh, allowed 21 or so more unearned runs than the Braves have in this season. That's not an insignificant number, but it does amount to only one per uh, about eight games or so difference. And being a five game series, you might see that, you might not. But uh, at, at the same time, if you put some pressure on these guys in a playoff situation and maybe somebody makes an early error, then that might get them thinking, and that might become a factor uh, as we go along. So outfield defense, I think, is superior for for Milwaukee, and then that'll keep uh, the Braves off the board. The infield defense has some susceptibility, but don't hit to, to Colton Wong at second base for sure. And if the Braves are doing what they need to do pitching-wise, they're going to get a lot of soft contact from Morton and Freed and Anderson all together and that's going to bring our infield defense into play which is an advantage to Atlanta so if uh, if those things come into play then like say we're going to end up with a lot of low scoring games and things may be decided by a homer or two one way or the other I definitely think it'll be a low scoring series that's certainly what the Brewers want they want to keep this a 3-2-4-3 type of ball game yeah whatever the odds are take the under on the runs (laughs) right um but yeah i definitely think that'll be key which is why you know i think if the braves get those home runs you know if if they hit two home runs in a game in this series i feel like there's a 95 percent chance they're going to win that game now getting though getting two home runs in a game against this pitching staff will be tough uh, but i think that's definitely a key for them again as is the case in most games, the more home runs you hit, the better chance you have to win. But I think that's just especially true for this Braves team. Uh, but Fred, your your keys to victory for the Braves in this series? Well, I think you got you can't give them any outs. Okay, you can't give them an extra out. You can't give them a free base runner. No walks. No walks. No walks. That's that's important. Nobody walks anybody. No free outs. Don't make any bad throws. Think before you release that ball. Particularly, I'm worried about center field because I like Duval, but but Duby's not a center fielder. Jock's not a center fielder, and I think that's a that's a place that bothers me a little bit about that. I think that the Braves. If, if, I want to go back to the Philly series. You remember the first two games of the Philly series? We won that. We didn't hit a home run at all. 
Now, I'm not going to compare the two teams because they're just not in the same stratosphere as far as quality goes. But what it did prove is that the Braves can do the but it's not small ball. They can do the traditional non-home run game and still score runs because we did that and we did it against Wheeler. So I think that really it's a 50-50 split. It's 52%, 51.8 home runs for the Braves and and at 47 percent for the for the Brewers, so it's it's slight it's slightly towards the Braves, but a 50 50 split means you're going to win games with you're going to win half your games without home runs, you're going to win half your games with home runs. So if we win home runs, yay, we've got a little bit of a percentage there of doing that. If we don't, that doesn't mean we can't. And it, what it's going to require is that the players take a approach their at bats like they did against Philadelphia when they wanted to kick them out of the series and get them gone. And they watched it and they took pitches and they drove the ball the other way. They hit the ball into right field. They hit the ball into left field. Even Solaire. I mean, gee whiz. Uh, these guys can do it. I think it's a focus issue. And I think that, you know, I think they're going to be focused this year. I think they're, they want it a lot. I know Freddie wants it. And again, I'm back to the start of the season. As Ozzy goes, so goes this team. If Ozzy has a good series on both sides of the ball, this team's going to be fine because when he goes, everybody else goes. When he doesn't go, he's in that hole between Freeman and Austin Riley, and that, that becomes a, oops, hey, look, there went some momentum. I, I need Ozzy to hit. Ozzy can hit. I love the guy. I, I just think that he's important, and I think that yeah, making sure that, we catch the ball and don't give any outs away. And if that happens, then we're going to win games by one run. Uh, and you know, we're going to, we're going to beat the Brewers. I think that that happens because I don't think the Brewers are going to score if we don't give them a lot of runs, give them a lot of extra base runners and give them a lot of extra outs because that means that they've got to do it every time. And if they, if we make them do that and they win, I'll salute them. If we give them the, give them the, the walks and stuff, then hey, that's uh, I mean they're going. That's just not the way we should play this game. Yeah, a couple of things you mentioned there. I want to follow up on. First of all, you talk about don't give them anything. Um, yeah, don't try to do too much. And I think that's where experience will help the Braves. They understand if they just play their game, do what they're capable of doing, they can win this series. So don't try to do too much. Don't try to make the outstanding play and then airmail it into the first row. You know, just just get the outs you're supposed to. Um, you know, play, play your game, play what they're, what they're supposed to do. You talk about the idea of them not scoring without home runs. You know, yes, they can do it. My confidence level in them doing that is still very low because that's just the offense I'm used to watching for three or four years now. But I think that's going to be key. I, I really hope you're right and that we see that focus out of these hitters because I think part of the strategy in beating the Brewers here is running up the pitch count of Burns and Woodruff and Peralta which is very possible. Uh, again, I, I cover the Brewers this season as well. If you work those counts, especially early in the games with Woodruff and Peralta, they can work up some big pitch counts, and they can be out of there you know, at five, six innings. And I think that's very key. I think that's going to be very key for this Braves team. Uh, you don't always see that with them. Again, a lot of times they're going up there hunting a pitch, trying to drive it, but I hope we, I hope you're right. I hope we do see more focused at bats and I hope we see them, you know, working those pitchers 
uh, trying to get them out of the game quickly because I think getting to those middle relievers is going to be key and making sure that you have a lead before Hader is allowed to come in because when Hader comes in, the game is over. That's just he's been that dominant this year. Uh, got that change up working now as, as well with the fastball and slider. He is he is that dominant. And the other thing you mentioned I wanted to follow up on is Ozzy. And I, I love Ozzy as much as the next guy. Uh, the guy struggles against right-handed pitching. I mean, that's just proven. He should not be batting third against right-handed pitching. And the Brewers have their two best starters are righties and Burns and Woodruff. If Peralta pitches game three, he's a righty. It could benefit the Braves, I think, if they do start Lauer in game three and not Peralta. Lauer's a lefty. Uh, that would certainly help out. Uh, Ozzy there. I know Hater's a lefty, but again, Hater's a one in a kind lefty. So, uh, I agree with you. Ozzy is the key, but I worry about him batting third against righties, uh, in the lineup because he's just, I mean, he can't hit line, he can't hit righties. And these are two really good righties in Burns and Woodruff. So, Fred, I'll give you a chance to kind of respond to that. But those are three things you mentioned there that I thought were very good. I know that, you know, everybody says Ozzy just really struggles against right-handed pitchers. Ozzie, <laughs> Ozzie's got a bunch of hits every year from the left side of the plate. He doesn't have that many at bats against left-handed pitchers, guys. You, you, you. Yeah. People act like people act like he's batting against left-handed pitchers half the time, and he's hitting 450 against them, and he's only hitting 100 against righties. That isn't true. Now, uh, Ozzie strikes out more against right-handed batters. He doesn't have the home run pop against right-handed batters, but. I agree he should be more focused on the left-hand side of the plate, but I think the idea that, gee whiz, we know more out here about how he feels at the plate than he does at the plate, and he's the one up there trying to win the game, and if you think anybody wants to win this game more than Ozzy, uh, uh, then you're wrong. And if if Ozzy felt in his heart he should hit right-handed, guess who'd hit right-handed? So I'm, I'm... I'm tired of that crap. I really don't. It doesn't hold water statistically. It doesn't hold up in the way he plays. The man's got extra base hits, 60 extra base hits, 70 extra base hits, four, three, four years running, uh, 200 hits, 195 hits. You you don't get that many hits when you only face a few left-handed pitchers. You got to hit some right-handed pitchers too. Now, getting the focus on these guys and getting getting past these right-handed pitchers and getting the getting the um, the guys to do what they got to do doesn't mean they can't ambush a pitch. Doesn't mean they can't if if the pitcher goes up and throws a get me over a fastball to, put, to start the world to start the series and Solar plants it up there by Bernie Brewer, hooray! You know because that puts them back on their heels. It, it's just exactly what he did in the, in the other game. I've seen players do that. You saw uh, Bogarts do that against uh, Cole. It just sets the opposition back on their feet, uh, back on their heels. I. I think this team can hit the ball with authority in any direction, and I think we saw that in the in the Phillies game and to some extent on the Mets Met series. And, and I think they can do that. I think they understand that when they face a good pitcher, a Wheeler or a, a Cole or Burnus or any Burnus or anybody of these guys, like I think they understand that they have to tick it up a little bit. And there are certain things, certain pitches you can't hit, and you can't swing at those. Now I know Ozzy's going to assess what he does, but it's still I I just I think those are important keys for us, and I think the Braves can do that. Uh, I I just everything has to go right though. You can't if you start if the lineup starts to wobble, and the next player you know you get somebody up there who looks really bad on the pitch, uh, like Austin swinging at 
sliders off the plate because I know he's going to get them. And if he happens to have an at-bat like that and the next batter up doesn't steady the, steady the, steady the ship, then you could see, uh, you could see that the lineup started to wobble a bit. The key is, if I don't do it, I know the guy behind me is going to do it. All I have to do is remember that this is about them, not about the team, team, not me. And I think the pitcher's in trouble here. Okay, go out and do that. This lineup can do it. They're scary when they do. If they go up there swinging from the heels every time, then this is going to be over in three games, and the Brewers are going to be resting until their playoff game. But I think this team's going to win it. Yeah. Let me throw out some numbers real quick to to back that up. Um, Ozzy as a left-handed batter, yeah, his average is lower. It's two thirty-six versus three twenty-three from the right side. But as a left-handed hitter, he's still got twenty homers, seventy-one RBIs, and he walks more. He's actually more selective when he's uh, hitting from the left side. So, uh, yeah, twenty-six doubles. So he's no slouch there. And really, if you extrapolate those numbers, that's kind of Similar to Adam Duvall and what he does. So don't go to sleep on, on Ozzy on the left side there. I think he can certainly do some damage. Yeah, I mean, he's still an above-average player on the left side. It's just, I don't know, he, he's a, he should be a three-hole hitter against righties because the, the splits are that yeah, big. But you're not going to bounce the lineup around. You, no, you want the lineup. You want the players not, to come in and know where they're going to hit. not going to. <laughs> Other managers would. <laughs> well, yeah. so. cash might. But but you know your, your your players like to come in and know where they're going to hit. Ozzy's only hitting two twenty two against Woodruff and one forty some one forty three against Peralta. Hauser's like four hundred. <laughs> that's like three. That's like six at bats. So he doesn't he doesn't have he has nine at bats against Woodruff and, and Peralta uh, and six against Hauser and nobody else is more than three or four. So the sample size is really small. And the team that the Brewers are playing now, the lineup that they're playing now, is not the lineup they played before. I, well, I've got go a, another stat that uh, may play into this as well, and this surprised me. Yeah, we know that the Braves are one of the most shifting teams defensively in, in baseball. Now they've they've essentially sold out into the analytics. They they shift uh, against batters both left and right almost 40% of the time, uh, more so for the left-handed hitters, but still a third of the time for right-handed hitters. The Milwaukee Brewers are the opposite. The, while the Braves shift the fourth most of any other of any of the teams, the Brewers are 29th in shifting. They shift only 17% of the time, 6% of the time against right-handed hitters, 34% of the time against lefties. Now, I'll be curious to see what they do against Freddie Freeman and Ozzy Albies in particular when they hit from the left side, because if they decide not to go with a shift against those guys, that will certainly play in the hands of, those, of both those hitters. Because that um, they just want to see, yeah. I mean, we know that uh, Ozzy's lost a whole bunch of hits, hitting, uh, driving things through the left side or the right side of the infield, rather. Statistically, there's no real reason to shift against a right-handed batter unless he's absolutely a pull monster. Because statistically, it's like about, I'm off the top of my head now. It's like five or six BABIP points to shift against a right-handed hitter who's not a pull monster. Right-handed hitters hit the ball all over the ground in the infield. And unless the guy's a pull monster, right-handed batters walk more. They they hit the ball the other way more. And 
the BABIP numbers, as I recall, it, is five or six points difference. And five or six points, we're talking about five or six thousandth of a point. So your right-handed hitters shift against left-handed hitters because left-handed hitters are all pull monsters, or almost all of them. But right-handed hitters mostly aren't, particularly on the ground. Right-handed hitters hit the ball to all over the all over the ballpark, and this idea that the third baseman runs to right field when there's a right-handed hitter up is just ludicrous. <laughs> it, it doesn't. There, there's no statistical significance in doing that, and then that's the problem. And that's why the Brewers do it the way they do. I think. Well, it's a big philosophy difference uh, between what the Braves do and the Brewers do. There, there's no question about that. It's 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 easily. More than twice as much, twice as often that the Braves shift versus what uh, Milwaukee does, and I don't know if that's partly because of the philosophy, their analytical feel, or their personnel. I mean, <laughs> they may decide that uh, Colton Wong is just fine out there by himself, and that they don't need a shift too. So uh, I, I think it's just going to bear watching and, and see how it uh, plays out. But uh, the fact that there's such a stark difference fourth. Uh, in the in baseball versus 29th in shifting is, is a big difference and and so we'll see how that plays. Yep, just a, another thing to watch in this series. We're talking about shifting now, so we've definitely gotten deep in the weeds uh, of how this series <laughs> is going to go. But uh, Fred, I'll, I'll give you one last chance here. Any other thoughts, keys, things to watch in this series that you're looking for? I, the Brewers don't run an awful lot. At least it doesn't look like they do. I think I think that. That's good for the Braves because, and I don't know how aggressive they are first to third. I assume they're pretty aggressive because Craig Council likes that kind of thing. But they don't actually run a lot on the pitchers, which I think gives our pitchers an advantage. And uh, Ozzy can take a base, and we have other players who can take one. I think that the base running or failure to toot bland on the bases is a good thing. We, we, we need not to give away outs on the base pass. And we need to uh, also take the extra base we can. And somewhere between there is is how that works. And we do that pretty well, except occasionally uh, we leave our brain on the first base when we take off for second. I, I just know that um, if the Braves run the bases well and don't give up outs, that's an advantage to us because I think we're going to be on the base more often. That's just I just think that's what's going to happen. And and all right, we're going to be happy this time next week. All right. Uh, Alan, same to you. Any last thoughts, keys, things to watch? Well, directly related to that is that because of their outfield defense, they've got some arms as well as some speed, and uh, we like to take singles and stretch them in doubles, and I think that's going to be limited this time. So if we are smart about it, we're going to go station to station more often. And I, I think you're absolutely right that we need to be very careful about how we handle that because this is a outfield defense that is uh, going to be poised to uh, watch out for uh, Braves trying to take extra bases and snuff that out if if we aren't careful. So, yeah. yeah they're going to be looking for Freeman. They're going to be looking for Freeman to try to take extra base. He does that all the time, and they're going to be looking for that. Ozzie, too, and heck, even Riley does. We're going to have to put a big stop sign up at first base for him on <laughs> these things, I'm afraid. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think that's going to be a key. I think that the uh, idea of remembering that they got to these guys for multiple runs at various times during the season series 
uh, is going to be important and just not be intimidated. And both, you can't say that uh, one team's experienced and one team's not because both of them have been to the postseason four years in a row. Uh, various results, but at the same time, they, they've been there, they've done that, uh, and uh, there's going to be fewer mistakes as a result. So I, I think it's going to be a well-played uh, set of games, and I'm hoping that the Braves can take it in four or five. All right. Well, let, let's give those final predictions in, Al. I'm going to force you to, to make an actual prediction. What do you I got? Just, I just did. You <laughs> four, said four, four or five. That's not a real. real. Well, it, it is Braves winning, so that's good. Now, I um, I would like to see us not have to extend the, the pitching all the way out to the fifth, fifth game, if, if that's possible. And uh, we need to be able to steal a couple, uh, steal one at least in Milwaukee. And if we can bring it back, um, to Atlanta and and continue to put pressure on these guys. That'll be important. Milwaukee is a better road team than Atlanta is, so uh, we can't take it take a home field advantage for granted here. But uh, I'm I'm going to go with five games. All right, Fred. What's your official one? I know you said Braves fans will be happy. But I, what do you got? I I think. I think well. I I think we'll be done by this time next week. I, I think it'll be. We got. But five games between now and then, I think the fifth game will be over by now. I think it's going to be five games because I think the teams are too well matched not to not to beat each other into submission in five. If we do it in three games, it'll be because something happened bad to one of the teams. And and I just don't think that happened. I don't want that to happen. I want to play and I want to win and I want to beat the teams that we need to beat. And I think they're so close and so well matched that it, it – Five games is not out of – I mean, they could do it before, but I think five games is going to be it. I, I still think the Braves are going to come out in five. Um, I've been saying Brewers in four all week, and I'm going to stick with that, but uh, I don't know, maybe it's because I've been talking to more Braves fans this week than Brewers fans. I, I'm starting to, to lean back the other way, but I'm going to stick with, with Brewers in four. I think they're starting pitching depth. Depending on what they do, If to me, if they take Peralta out of game three, I think that's a huge advantage for the Braves, but I think if they keep him in game three and you have Lauer for game four, I think the Brewers win this series. I'm really concerned about the Braves bullpen trying to get those last two or three innings. Uh, that's a major concern for me. I just don't trust anybody coming out of there. Um, even the guys that you do trust in Matzik and Jackson struggle with walks at times, and those typically lead to runs in the postseason. So I, I don't feel confident at all in, in the Braves bullpen holding down, you know, one or two run leads, which I think a lot of these games are going to be decided by one or two runs because they are so evenly matched. So I just think the Brewers pitching depth, uh, is ultimately what gets them the series in this one. Uh, I think it, you know, will be close. I think it'll be some close games. Uh, but I'll ultimately go with the Brewers in four. Um, and we'll, we'll see what happens. Either way, I think it will be a good series. You know, I think both of you are right. I think these are two teams are evenly matched. I would not be surprised if it goes five games. Um, but I got Brewers in four. Allen's, Fred's got Braves in five. So, uh, let us know who you got uh, on the website, tomahawktake.com, and on Twitter at tomahawktakefs. Uh, and if you didn't get enough of the preview here for this series, make sure that you do check out tomahawktake.com. Got tons of articles out there talking about this series, getting you prepped for it, although it is probably already underway as this gets posted. So uh, enjoy this series. Uh, and, again, I think it should be a good one. 
But that will do it for this episode of the Tomahawk Take Podcast. Please make sure that you uh, subscribe to the Tomahawk Take Podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you next week. This NLDS Playoff Prediction and Tootland edition of the Tomahawk Take Podcast is a production of TomahawkTake.com and Fansided LLC, a subsidiary of Minute Media Inc. For those who don't know, Tootland is an acronym for thrown out on the base pass like a nincompoop. Don't do that. Opinions expressed on the show today are solely those of the participants, and while Minute Media allows us to sign all the talent we can use, the roster is what the roster is. It's all rights reserved. One of the musical selections used today comes to you under the auspices of the Creative Commons license, terms of which are available at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0. This was a piece by Kevin McLeod entitled Sunshine Version 2, which was modified to fit in the available space. His works are featured at incompetech.filmmusic.io. All other musical selections used come via rights already purchased by TomahawkDick.com. Thanks for tuning into the podcast today, and we hope things pick up after last night's disappointment, but we'll see you out there for the next inning in any case. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.